Hi everyone, it's Jaaki Makren, your host of the Elite Game Developers Podcast, a podcast about the entrepreneurs and investors who are building the games companies of the future. I recently had a webinar with Anton Korodetsky from InvestGame and Misha Katz from Arium et Co. And we talked about the numbers for the first half of 2021 for the games industry. The game industry saw this explosive growth in terms of volume and size of all M&A, private investments and IPOs. But before we go to this discussion, here's a few words from our sponsors. Are you a mobile game developer who's looking to try something new on the ad creative side? My top pick would be influencer-generated content, IGC, by Opera Event. Influencers and actors will make specific content from your games and Opera Event will deliver you high-quality video ads that highlight the best parts of your game. Go to getigc.com to see some examples. That's getigc.com. At Pollen VC, we provide mobile app and game developers revolving lines of credit, enabling you to borrow up to four times your monthly revenues with simple and transparent pricing. As part of our commitment to the ecosystem, we also provide a suite of free tools and resources to improve financial literacy, helping studios make the most informed decisions when it comes to finance. And that's why we've been named Best Service Provider in this year's Pocket Gamer Mobile Game Awards. Visit pollen.vc to learn more. We're going to do this talk today on the H1 first half of 2021 on all the growth in the game industry that we've been seeing. So uh, the good folks at Invest Game have brought us this report. Many of you might have already read it. But we're going to dive deeper today into these topics uh, with my guests today here on the webinar. And we're going to open the floor uh, at the end for questions from the audience as well. So you can start putting in questions as they come to your mind into the Zoom Q&A, which is at the bottom of the screen. So if you ever have used this Q&A before, it's pretty simple. It's, it's where, you, where you sort of like do all the, the stuff in Zoom anyways. It's, it's Q and, and et and A. Uh, and just go there and write stuff. And uh, yeah, quick introduction. So... Uh, today, we will go through kind of like the highlights from this report and me and Misha and Anton will, will share our thoughts. But uh, let's kick off introductions. So my, most of you guys know who I am. So I, I, I run the Elite Game Developers uh, podcast newsletter, uh, write a lot about gaming startups uh, on different kind of mediums. Uh, that's sort of like my angle is to share as much as possible uh, about like what founders should know when they're building their companies. But let, let's go through you guys as well. So Anton, do you want to go first? Um, yeah, sure. Hi, everybody. Hi, Joachim. And of course, hi, Misha. And I'm really happy that I'm here again for the first time. Yeah, I've been counting, uh, <laughs> actually. Yeah. And um, I'm happy that Misha is with us again. And so, uh, yeah, I'm the co-founder of Invest Game, and I'm also head of media projects at My Games. And 
I should say also that I love your newsletter. I love your podcasts, Joachim. And I think that these is one of the top three, I would say, of news of gaming newsletters I read on a weekly basis. So yeah. Nice. Thank you, sir. So Misha, uh, I, next. Yes. Hey, hi everyone. And Joachim Anton, really pleasure to, to see you again and be here again. So thanks for, for inviting me. Uh, I'm big fan of all the great content uh, you both produce and, and, and read this uh, all the time. So yeah, so my name is Misha. Uh, I'm a senior EP and a, and a founding member of Arrement Co. Arrement Co is a, is a gaming focused investment bank. So we advise companies, mostly studios on M&A and uh, late stage financings. We're 17 people, uh, most of us in London where I'm based, a few people in San Francisco and, and Moscow. Uh, and uh, yeah, we've been uh, very active in, in the space since the beginning of the year. We worked on, I think, 10, yes, 10 or 11 gaming uh, deals, uh, including uh, companies like uh, Jagex, uh, Easy Brain, uh, Golf Rival that just got sold to Zynga, um, Crazy Labs, and so on. So very excited to, to be here and talk about some of the trends we're seeing in the market. Nice. Great. Great to have you both here. Uh, I think we're going to kick it off now with Anton uh, showing us what the report sort of includes, sort of like summarizing the key slides there. So Anton, please go ahead. All right. Um, so you guys can see the presentation, right? Yes. All right. Um, so yeah, uh, first and foremost, I should say that uh, in, uh, even though uh, I'm the only one from the Invest Game team here today, but that does not, of course, mean that um, I'm the only one responsible for the report. So I'd like to thank all of the team, and I hope they're watching us right now, at least some of them. And uh, the guys have done an amazing job, and I just, you know, love the the process of working with them, uh, the process of creating these reports. And so, yeah, the Invest Game team has published that it's. Um, uh, gaming deals activity report for the first half of 2021. And I believe some of you have already seen this one because we've released that a couple of weeks ago, actually. So I believe you've had a chance. But even if not, that's totally okay. So um, judging by what we found, judging by the data that we have discovered and analyzed, 2021 is so far is all about breaking gaming records. Um, so, as you may see on the present slide, for the, for the year's first half, there were 471 closed transactions with a total deal value of an amazing number of $44.2 billion, which is a vast Forex growth year over year. Um, and we have also tracked um, 18 more announced transactions with a cumulative value of an outstanding amount of $50.2 billion for both unannounced and closed deals. Yeah, so that's, uh, you, you may also see the, you know, the segmentation for the deal type and target segment, but I'm not gonna, you know, uh, elaborate on that right now because uh, we're kind of limited with time. So this is the executive summary of the report. Um, and I'm gonna, talk a little bit about that. Um, so over half of the closed deal value 
uh, over half of that amazing sum of $44.2 billion comes from 154 M&A deals, uh, which accelerate the biggest growth for the gaming industry so far. So the $22.4 billion uh, in the first half of 2021 uh, presents the 460% growth year, year over year. So it was just $4 billion in the first half of 2022. Oh, sorry, 2020. Um, and this value, it already exceeds the full results of the previous year, which was $12.6 billion with uh, 218 deals. So we can only imagine what awaits us by the end of 2021, right? And of course, I'm saying this with the uh, Electronic Arts and Playdemic uh, $1.4 billion deal in mind, as well as Tencent and Sumo Group deal of $1.3 billion. Um, this is uh, what, what um, data we have found when it comes to M&As. As for public offerings, they also achieved all-time high numbers with 54 closed deals accounting for $17.1 billion versus just, uh, sorry, $4.9 billion in the first half of 2020, which provides us with 248% year-over-year deal value growth. Um, and as for private placements, uh, we have analyzed uh, deals with the amount of $4.6 billion, which is a 226% growth. Again, amazing growth numbers across 263 closed deals, which is also a new record um, with the late stage transactions, of course, accounting for the biggest part of it, which is actually 65% of total value um, with uh, the largest funding rounds, including, of course, Epic Games, $1 billion raising and Roblox pre-IPO round of half a billion dollars. Um, so yeah, uh, moving on to the um, breaking down the deals a little bit deeper. Uh, as you may see by the graph, public deal activity continues to be strong um, and it exceeds the previous full year result already. And of course, among major value drivers were Billy Billy Pipe. You may see the uh, deal values on the slide. Um, an iron source SPAC and Applevin and Platica IPOs. And what we found is that, um, as you may see, there was a strong persistent growth trend in the number of public offerings from March 2020 to March 2021. But then we saw a significant drop in the second quarter of 2021 with um, some public gaming companies experiencing a share price decline during the last quarter. So there's, um, there's some correction going on right now. Um, and I believe Misha will elaborate on that a little bit further. Um, yeah, as for private investment activity, as I've already said, investors pumped an outstanding amount of $4.6 billion via VC and corporate deals. And uh, late stage deals amounted to the bulk of it, which is 65%. Uh, uh, with $3 billion among 27 deals. You may also see the trends on the slide. Um, yeah, the m and activity has seen tremendous growth 
Again, 2020, $22.4 billion. Uh, this exceeds a record full 2020 year, which saw $12.6 billion. And obviously, this increase is driven by several mega deals. Uh, I believe everybody knows about them, which um, is the Zenimax deal, of course, which is uh, the biggest one so far this year. Uh, $7.5 billion, the Moonton deal of $4 billion, which were both closed in March 21. Uh, the Glumobile acquisition by Electronic Arts of $2.1 billion, the Gearbox acquisition, among others, from Embracer. Um, yeah, and the Just deal by Applovin, which was also $1 billion value, uh, closed in April. And again, Electronic Arts, uh, acquiring Codemasters in February, closing in February. Um, yeah, uh, I'm also gonna talk a little bit about the VC rating and corporate investments investors rating. Um, so yeah, we also apart from the apart from tracking the deal activity, we also uh, compile these rankings. And again, Bitcraft uh, tops the rating with the, the number one, uh, with placing uh, number one with uh, lots of lead deals, including Resolution Games, Anzu, Pocket Worlds, and some others. You may all see uh, the number of total deals, the number of leading deals, and its values in the table. And again, uh, this is all present in the report. Uh, Makers Fund is the second one, with Index being the third one, and you know all other guys also present. Um, and finally, as for strategics, uh, of course, number one is uh, occupied by Tencent with an amazing number of 53 deals uh, with a cumulative value of more than $800 million. Um, the interesting fact is that Tencent leads the playfield by deal count, focusing on PC and console. Uh, instead of, you know, mobile, which would apparently be, you know, the preferable area of investment, seeing that mobile is the biggest section of the gaming market, but still Tencent leads the playfield with PC and console deals mostly. Um, Embracer is second. Again, this is not surprising. But what is surprising is that Electronic Arts, Sony, and ByteDance have all, you know, um, uh activated and especially sony has surprised us surprised us with a very diverse investment strategy they've participated in six funding rounds acquired stakes in three companies and all these across multiple gaming sectors uh be it esports platform gaming cloud or you know you name it um well that's Pretty much it. You can see all the details in the report and we'll get back to it. And now I'll get back to the public offerings activity. And well, Misha, would you be so kind to go on with this, to elaborate on this one? Sure, sure. I'll, I'll add some, some comments. But yeah, Anton, thanks for, for that great overview. I think just seeing it visually, like the charts, how it goes up, et cetera, is, uh, is really kind of powerful and, and great to, to deliver that content this way. So I guess, yeah, on, on uh, public offerings here, so kind of activity in the, in the public 
markets. Uh, if you just take a bit of a, a step back and think about like the, the backdrop here, uh, the, the macro backdrop, obviously we're talking about, you know, the last 12 months being an extremely strong, favorable time for call it equity capital markets in general, and particularly for everything kind of tech and growth uh, related, right? And I think you have bigger forces at play here that are kind of above just uh, the, the gaming industry where sort of uh, interest rates, uh, the Fed, et cetera, that would flow a lot of capital in, into uh, the, those, those assets. Um, and within those kind of segments, gaming over the last year has been an, an amazing sort of growth story, obviously, as we all know. Uh, well, the last, I mean, 2020, this, the overall industry grew by something like 25%, uh, which is un, unprecedented and, and is not going to repeat again this year. We can talk about it later as well. Uh, so, so that's massive growth, kind of COVID-related in, in, in some, to some extent, has been uh, driving up uh, a, a lot of the, the share prices for most of the, the gaming companies. Uh, and has been reflected in, in public valuations also appreciating like sort of the multiple expansion, right? So, so gaming businesses have been valued also higher throughout those uh, the, the last year. So you've got those this favorable moment, a lot of investor appetite, high valuations that have just naturally uh, pushed a lot of people to go and tap into the public markets, either by going... Uh, well, public, like kind of triggering that moment, you can talk about, well, as you mentioned, like um, Roblox, uh, Aplovin, Platica decided this is the right time because there is the, all like the ingredients are, are in place. Um, and, uh, but also by, you know, raising more capital, like um, the, the pipe, the Billy Billy pipe here that you mentioned, Embracer raised money from the market, etc. So it's just been a moment here where you've, you, you had, everything the stars align to to see this level of activity an interesting stat that I, I i noticed the other day is that if you take all the public listings over the last let's say three four years in in gaming um you'll have i think more than 20 and if you take the previous 15 years like 2000 to 2017 or something i think you'll have 11 so it's just like been you can talk about the industry maturing and uh, it, it's just a, a unique time, right? But this is accelerating. Um, SPACs that you've mentioned have been very active. Uh, it's also an interesting way for companies to, uh, um, to, to strike a deal and go, and go public. I think uh, there is a, kind of a, a bit of a return to back to normal to some extent uh, throughout mm -hmm. that, right? So the bar is a little bit higher to IPO, also to... Um, uh, for, for, for SPAC deals. But I think what you see here, I guess we can talk later about what we see right now and some of the, the corrections, et cetera, but is, the, is literally, you know, very strong uh, backdrop for uh, public markets. And uh, even if like some of this has been uh, kind of returning back to, to the mean very recently, um, we are, we're not talking, I don't think we're, we're, we have... Uh, you know, some sort of uh, major uh, uh, crisis inside here. It's uh, uh, a very sort of natural evolution of things. Yeah, I think the same with the, the sort of like the natural evolution here. So we're, we're entering a phase where we have like the, the IPOs have now been done. And now we're in a stage where we have public companies. Uh, so like thinking about Jam City, 
pulling their spec. It's sort of like, you know, the industry has moved already into the phase where we're measuring the performance of these newly minted public companies. And like <laughs> the climate is depending on that and not so much about like who's the like, latest en- entry into the market. I, I don't know. Do, do you guys concur with this sort of understanding? Yeah, I think James uh, might have like all kind of reasons for this, but indeed in, in the market, like it's uh, uh, deals need to, to make sense in terms of, you know, the future forecasts and uh, probably have to be sometimes a little bit more reasonable or have to bake in some sort of uh, um, buffer for this. So uh, yeah, it's, uh, as you said, it's, it's kind of back to normal. Well, an interesting stat that, we noticed also recently is let's say we are sort of pre-COVID and and everyone's like let's say we started 100 right talking about public markets so uh, then you've got like the the immediate lockdown turbulence everything falls you remember that for a couple of weeks etc then everything recovers very strongly particularly things that are gross and tech etc uh, but public markets in general and from that point if you take an index of gaming companies. Uh, that index from that 100 had grown throughout 2020 to 160, 180, et cetera, right? Uh, almost kind of doubling if you take like a weighted uh, level. And uh, while if you look at uh, the S&P 500, it grew also very nicely, but more uh, in a in more, more slower in a more measured way. And today, uh, S&P 500 versus pre-COVID is probably like, if you say it was 100, now it's 100 and. 30, 140, so really great sort of um, increase. The gaming world was as high as 160 maybe, and now was returned to slightly below where the S&P is, right? So that's a lot of that kind of inflation has, has deflated a bit, but it's still above, way above uh, where it was pre-COVID and probably in line with how the market overall has expanded in games. Mm, yeah, agreed. Uh, right. what, what do you think, Anton? Do you have any, yeah, any thoughts? Yeah, absolutely, this? absolutely, guys. I'm I'm here with you, uh, and I also think that this is absolutely normal. And all these latest news with you know the Zynga stock uh, falling after the report, and the Crafton, uh, you know, fall right after the IPO, and um, the steel front, I believe, has also seen uh, the stock price fall after the yesterday's report. And this is all natural because uh, first we are seeing the pandemic uh, being, you know, counteracted against uh, some somewhere more efficiently, somewhere less efficiently, but still it's better than it was last year. And also the market is getting more and more competitive. So it's not the same as it was last year. And it's definitely not the same as it was uh, in 2019, so the year before COVID and all of that. Um, So yeah, this is pretty natural. And this is the exact correction that we've been talking about in the previous webinar with you, Joachim, and with um, Sergey last time. And this is, I believe this is totally okay. We're just seeing that um, people... Are, have been excited with gaming as the market, as the industry. And some of them are now seeing that it's not all about, you know, um, huge revenues 
and growing RPUs and retention and whatever. So it's also about actually um, being competitive and getting new audiences and understanding your audiences. So, yeah, I believe that's... We, we will see the second half of the year uh, being very interesting in this, in this um, sense. I think a, a final yeah. comment from me on because you mentioned the uh, kind of share price movements recently, et cetera, is I think a lot of the, the, the investor community has kind of got used to those companies always beating targets and always increasing their guidance like right. all the time because that's just what has always been the case over the last 24 months. And now that uh, it's back to normal in terms of the world reopening, et cetera, where those companies are saying, okay, actually the guidance is the same or the guidance is a little bit lower or we had to adapt to IDFA and we're right. seeing uh, kind of uh, like Zynga, for example, said they now a lot of the things are in terms of the UA, et cetera, is, is recovering in August. And then they've seen great uh, kind of good performance on other uh, other ad networks. They made, they made I think that comment made the Unity stock jump 10% yesterday because they said it works like the uni unity works well for them. So uh, it's, yeah, I think you have people who have had, had I've seen a lot of value creation over the last year. They're kind of taking their profits uh, as well. Uh, but I don't think it changes, as you said, like the, the long-term thesis around, okay, games are a mass uh, market phenomenon. It's social. It's gonna, it's the largest you know, uh, cultural industry and it will continue to, to grow, but obviously not 25% every year. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I love how gaming has been growing, not only in its... Um, per se industry, if I may say uh, so. But some other industries are also trying to implement. There's a new wave of um, products and startups and companies trying to uh, implement some gamification, not, not exactly gaming, but some gamification um, mechanisms into their own products. And that's also a sign, like everybody suddenly understood that wow, gaming is probably the best kind of entertainment right now. And it's going to be this way for the next five to 10 years at the very least. Hmm. Let's go on to the next topic. We wanted to talk about the private investment sure. side. Like I, I can give my first five cents because this is like mostly where I, where I spend my time outside of elite game developers is doing early stage uh, investing. Um, so I, I think one of the big things for me in H1 was the dream games sort of that that kickoff that happened with them launching Royal Match and what I think happened is that they really set the yardstick on a new location for the whole industry of early stage where you need to be to to be attractive for investing uh it's it's the bar is much higher now and I think it's really good it it sets an example for the whole industry that Mobile is, is, you know, quality is going higher and higher. We have greater teams uh, setting up shop their own. But also there's more, I think, better and better VCs like you showed on, on this chart of the top uh, activities on the VC side. I think that's like, there's, I would say there's more and more like in H2, I think these will increase even further because there is so much capital available now in the private markets. So yeah, I'm I'm pretty bullish at like just 
you know, play ventures. I, I think like your your weight average ranking system has something wrong there. We are much higher there. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually yeah. that's actually a funny thing when you know we release the report, we're getting emails from you know certain people trying to you know getting um getting a better understanding of the process of the ranking so yeah this is that's good yeah the gamification yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right the report but yeah like you guys what do you think uh about the the vc landscape the private investing side any thoughts I think, yeah, and then if you, if you go back to, well, I guess, I guess we should sure, sure. on this page as well. In, uh, I, I think here in, in H1, if you just uh, take uh, kind of the, well, Dream, as Joachim mentioned, uh, Epic, Private Round, uh, and all the deals that Tencent is doing, this is going to be like a big chunk of, of, of the, at least in sort of deal value. But I think from uh, our standpoint, we see a, a lot of activity that sounds like it's the best time to be starting uh, a, a gaming company or, or raising. Uh, there are many pockets of capital. They are, you know, we talked about the, the gaming focused funds, right? And they're they're raising, I think, the yeah, play second round, second fund. And um, TGF in Eastern Europe, many new uh, new newcomers, generalist funds have been also very active. I guess Index obviously has, has led Dream um, Games, and uh, we also see more growth slash private equity uh, interested in in the space. And uh, some are more like some are looking at content, some at infrastructure, but. Um, it's uh, yeah, there's a, a lot of appetite. Uh, we have you know uh, family offices, uh, high net worth individuals, all trying to get sort of uh, a, a piece of, of, of this market and enter this. So as uh, as Joachim said, like a lot of a lot of capital and probably uh, more uh, more to come. Yeah, yeah. Anton, your thoughts? Sure. Um. Again, I. Uh, agree with you guys on this one and i'm especially happy that uh the eastern europe slash russia uh are also getting into this game not only on the production side of things which we have been historically strong at but also on the venture side of it and i'm especially proud that um you know, the people we personally know, they have started the TGF, the Games Fund, which focuses exactly on Russia and Eastern Europe, gaming startups and gaming studios. And I believe this is also the uh, the attribute of this general trend that gaming has been accepted worldwide, not only as the best entertainment uh, formats, uh, at least for now, but also as the way to allocate your capital, as a great way to allocate your capital. So, yeah. Nice. Let's jump into MA. Right. And have a discussion here. Anton, do you want to go first on this one? Well, apart from uh, what we've already discussed, there's, um, um, there's really not much to add here apart from, yeah, we have seen probably the biggest deals in many, many years in the first half. And I'm pretty sure that we're going to see, and we're already seeing, so we have just heard the news about Embracer buying uh, eight companies for more than half a billion dollars altogether. 
And um, um, yeah, Unity has just bought. Um, I've unfortunately forgot the Parsec. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah, the cloud. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, thank you, Misha. So yeah, Unity just buying Parsec. So there is no sign of stopping this right now. Uh, I'm pretty sure we're gonna see a very engaging second half of the year, and it will might just not be as big as the first one, seeing that, well, the, um, there won't be probably uh, the Zenimax level uh, deals. But again, who knows? And of course, this does not, um, this has to take months to, you know, to actually get closed. So who knows? Yeah. Maybe... Maybe there's already some deal brewing which will uh, shock the market again, as uh, you know the Zenimax deal did last year, being announced last I year. I think uh, Anton, it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a uh, great comment you just made. Like yeah, those you have even more than from the for the previous two pages here, you have to kind of factor a bit of a time lag, right? So to mm -hmm. close an M&A deal to announce it, it's gonna take you know uh, at least three months and often six or even nine months so what you're looking at, he at, at here in terms of this h1 activity is really the the pipeline of things that have been in discussion since you know end of end of last year or like in lockdown days etc so i think it's yeah it's an it's a unprecedented level of activity in volume and uh, and and value uh, we've got so many of those landmark billion plus deals, which is astonishing. If you look at like you have this chart from just here on the left for since 2020, but if you extend it, you might have like one or two big big deals like this, like in the days. But I think that um, uh, the, those billion plus uh, deals, uh, particularly uh, the, the take privates uh, for you know for Glue, for Codemasters, uh, Sumo. Um, and uh, for like EA shopping spree uh, in in terms of M and A has, has been uh, uh, really really fascinating to uh, to observe. So I think those larger assets uh, get uh, the kind of bigger the biggest premiums. Uh, uh, at the same time, there is a lot of activity also under uh, that that threshold, right? And uh, we see from kind of our level of activity. Uh, also more buyers in general entering uh, that space because m a has like it's it's a bit of a playbook like it it has worked in terms of creating value uh, for for many buyers and, and not only looking at like the last few years of okay still front bought this and grew and zinga but even uh, like of like the history of, of video games or like the early days of of Playtica or, or Glue and uh, and um, and obviously the the, the larger US names. Um, so so this works. People have been kind of rewarded in terms of their own valuations um, with uh, kind of successful successful M and A. Uh, so for example, we in terms of new new entrants, like we we sold uh, Future Play out of Philanthropium uh, as a new their first deal, a new entrant. We sold a an Italian uh, simulation studio called uh, Rortos. Uh, to uh, to ten square games out of Poland, their first uh, first M and A deal, and you have uh, people who have recently IPO'd or or are going to SPAC, uh, who are going to use their their currency as as a way to pay for deals. Uh, so uh, yeah, it's interesting times where uh, you have uh, more types of deals. Some people want like very big assets that can work on a standalone basis. Some others are ready to really do the work help company to scale and add functions etc 
Um, so we don't really expect any any kind of slowing down of, of that pace uh, of, of activity. Although I guess we, we talked about well valuations and like kind of return to normality, et cetera, before. I think it's, yeah, this is, this is a driver here in terms of valuations because those private valuations across the VC, whatever, and, and also MA activity are still always to some extent correlated to, to where people are, how, how they're valued by, by the market, right? Because they want to do deals that investors will like, that are uh, accretive or close to accretive in terms of the, the, the revenue, the EBITDA they bring. Um, so uh, that's also is, is probably where we, we can expect a bit of a uh, normalization. Nice. All right. Anton, I want you here to hear your thoughts first before I go. Um, well, um, you mean on M&A, right? Again? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm just... Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, I think like what I would say is happening here now, because today there was just announced that Rovio is acquiring Ruby Studios from Turkey. Right. So I think this kind of hyper casual uh, shopping of hyper casual studios might actually be increasing again. Uh Like we have Voodoo, uh, we don't know what they're going to be doing. Uh, is somebody looking at them already? Perhaps yeah, they, they just uh, raised the big round, right? Uh, from a, mm, a, a yeah. Belgian family office, so they have a lot of money also to buy. Mm. Yeah, 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 and and also the the chart boost acquisition from Zynga. Uh, so I think because of the IDFA, like how long we we will see sort of like. The reasoning there, uh, do these acquisitions pay off to help on leveraging their user acquisition capabilities? Like how will the incumbents, the big industry players move to these sectors uh, where they need help? Uh, so yeah, it, I think there's going to be all sorts of deals and interesting times ahead for sure. Mm. Uh, two quick comments, uh, Ryakim, on what you just said. I think you have... Um, ad monetized gaming as just uh, a business model, which is, I think, accepted by the market as something that is sustainable. And uh, yeah. the, the Ruby deal is one example. We worked on Crazy Labs that became part of Embracer. Uh, Easy Brain earlier this year is a fully ad monetized uh, company as well. Uh, so this is seen as as, uh, as a sustainable business sometimes. Like actually, it can be seen as even more predictable. Um, And uh, and then you have you know like chart boost and things where uh, you I guess the example of being you know a gaming company and also an ad tech software company like a platform like uh, um, Applovin uh, is uh, Iron Source is, is different flavor is something that uh, I think people are 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 also trying to transition to but uh, uh, for Zynga for example uh, Rolic I think has been I mean they don't I think break down the full numbers but just looking at the installs that they have been doing it's been a, a, a strong uh, a strong run and a core part of their uh, now of their portfolio makes sense Anton, yeah. do you have any anything yeah no build? that's that's pretty much what you know what we think as well and um, mm -hmm. we'll definitely see um, way more interesting uh, deals in the second part of the year because both IDFA and um, the rising competitiveness of the market, as well as you know, lots of new money, this will all be 
and also the you know the store uh changing rules right just this uh today's news about the u.s government trying to um regulate both app store and google play i mean every day pretty much every day something happens in this industry that changes the rules of the game and mm. even the big guys they have to adapt uh and i especially love the electronic arts case uh when there's been um no activity from them on the play field for the last like what several years and now they're suddenly buying codemasters and glue mobile and playdemic and they will probably buy someone else soon who knows right so this definitely tells us something like i mean the company has woken up and is grasping big uh mobile players so yeah um every day uh things happen things change and uh everyone has to adapt and this adaptation means more and more mna mna deals and uh and private deals and you know maybe the ipo activity maybe the public activity will um most probably slow down a bit you know but the mna and the venture deal activity this will definitely go on do you guys have anything to add sort of like trends for h2 before we go to the audience questions so if you have questions please put them into the q a but like uh do you yeah. have any anything else yeah there is one more trend that we have noticed and um this is blockchain gaming and uh the nft um nft aspect to games and you know this is seen both in the you know in the media on the media side of things and on the deal side of things so we've actually seen that let me just show you yeah um in the first half of 2021 uh crypto gaming companies closed 24 deals well according to our data versus 12 deals in the full year of 2020 and the total value exceeded uh 476 million dollars which is million dollars which is a 75 percent of the total uh raised some coming through from uh sorry three funding rounds uh 40 raising uh 185 millions and animoca raising um 89 and mythical raising 75 and what i want to say is there is definitely a trend and uh you can't really be sure about whether this will go on in the this will definitely go on in the second part of the year but with will this still be um happening inside gaming in 2020 um two and in the following years i'm personally kind of bearish on crypto gaming and nfts and you know uh um play to earn model but um i know people who are super bullish on that and they believe that crypto and especially um pay uh, play to earn model will change the the way we see, the way we use, and the way we make 
games in the years to come. So there's one trend to look for, even if you are skeptical about the blockchaining, uh, blockchain um, technology. I would yeah. I would agree with uh, with that, Anton. I think it's a fascinating uh, trend. Uh, you might uh, who knows maybe in the next version of your report you have to add a section on the how mm. uh, you can kind of the, the the crypto side of thing like the the, the tokens that are doing etc. The issuances on on that side of the equity like not the not the equity market but the, the token market. So uh, yeah, I think it's probably a big trend for. Uh, for the, the second half of the year that everyone's observing uh, from the more kind of traditional side, I think uh, we, we think there's still very strong fundamentals to see a lot of the uh, consolidations to, to continue. Um, it, it makes sense uh, for people to, to join forces to go as, as things are getting more competitive and, and so on. Uh, themes like um, kind of cross platform or cross play uh, are, are very interesting and important across for for different buyers who come more from we have seen people diversifying from where they they are kind of where coming from a few years ago and i think that will that will continue um and uh uh yeah as we've touched on uh the, the vc activity and i think there'll be uh, also more uh, not only in tokens but also in uh, in equity with uh, with more funds deploying more capital Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think like just quickly on blockchain is I think the sort of like if you think about the Venn diagram of gamers and people fanatical about crypto, I think that over like that intersection should be growing. I, I think that there will be a market there which continues to boom, like we saw with the top shot today this year. Uh, I, I don't think that would have been possible a few years ago. So I, I think there's going to be more of those kind of like things that pull the industry forward. So uh, I'm, I'm sort of like neutral <laughs> for, for the, the future of that segment. But hey, let's go into the audience questions. Uh, I think there's, there's interesting things here. Like one question here from Ignacio is that, uh, how do you see the gaming VR and AR segment developing? Do you believe that there's going to be M&A activity going on in, in that segment in the next two years? Um, so, Misha, you want to go first? Uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, uh, I think it's uh, it's definitely maturing, and we, if you do a bit of a like, you know, kind of hype cycle uh, thing, uh, this is probably the time where, uh, with uh, Quest Two being, uh, I think there's a question about this as well, uh, a really, a really good device uh, and and a growing install base. I, I don't remember how many were shipped, you know, last quarter, etc. But I think it starts to be uh, more more meaningful. Uh, you have kind of things starting to be in, in place for, for this to be uh, a growing market and have some, some consolidation, I guess. Uh, and you have seen, we have observed like uh, interesting um, uh, financing rounds, right? In the space like VR chat, I think raised 80 million and that's really strong, I guess, engagement. Uh, you've got resolution games very recently, uh, kind of VR publisher also raising a, a big round. So, uh, it's probably still more investment phase and VC kind of round phase than, than exits. But um, as people like Facebook are kind of building all the infrastructure for the metaverse, uh, they will definitely uh, look for, for things might be uh, content, might be more uh, tech and infra uh, 
but uh, it's it's maturing. It's still a, a small part of like the overall 170 billion market, but uh, it's something we yeah we, we pay attention to. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, you know, uh, there's a, a huge Russian uh, VR and XR and AR conference, and it's been it's it's uh, happened in June. Uh, a friend of mine like makes it and organizes that and i've been listening to the guys to the people they're all like vr and xr enthusiasts and there are lots of people who are who are very deep in the in the technology and in using that in many many aspects but um i still uh, i i agree with misha on the fact that the industry matures but as with the the market on the whole, I believe we're seeing a very harsh correction happening. And uh, when, when you follow the media, you see that um, there's way less um, talks about VR right now as uh, compared to what happened like two or three years ago, right? Um, the same happens with actually esports. So it was all it was all the rage a couple of years ago, three years ago. But esports, I believe, is uh, is it a billion dollar industry yet? Um, I'm not sure, but it's somewhat a billion dollar annual revenue industry. Um. So yeah, sorry, that's cat. Um. Um. Yeah. I'm. I'm. I'm kind of neutral on that i'm still not sure about people uh really using that for gaming on a daily basis mm -hmm. i mean vr is great uh in a very in very niche industries like uh i don't know healthcare or maybe some uh you, you know uh some very deep b2b industries but I, i'm not really sure about that being um, uh, used a lot among common people uh, in the in the in the next like five years at least. So when you have your smartphone, when you have even a cheap uh, Android smartphone, you can play lots of games. You can play hyper casual. You can play uh, decent mobile games. And every year, mobile gaming is getting better in terms of you know uh, production value, in terms of monetization techniques uh it, it it just gets better and when you have lots of amazing games at your hand do you really need the to put something on yourself just you know to uh to play what two three five games yeah yeah i, I think the we will see what happens i think there's enough at least platforms uh and uh you know the consumer products they are putting new stuff out there, so nobody's really canceling anything. So I, I think the the push is still there to to grow the market. So we'll see what happens, um, guys. The next question from Jeff: Which subsectors of the gaming industry do you guys think are sort of overvalued and overhyped? Um, well, <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> that's a really good one. Um, I believe that, you know, uh, NFTs and crypto is 
very much overhyped. And by this, I don't mean to say that um, these things will never work or, um, you know, this is just uh, some schemes or whatever. No, uh, I believe that this will become a part and this is, and this already is um, becoming a part of lots of industries, not only gaming, lots of entertainment industries at least, but I kind of agree with um, Fred Wilson uh, on this. So he's an investor and um, they have uh, crypto projects in their portfolio and he's trying to be kind of bullish on that, but in a way that uh, this will not happen anytime soon. And uh, there are lots and lots of reasons that uh, blockchain as a whole and uh, 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 play to earn model based on blockchain will be like quickly adapted in gaming at least. But... I don't know. I think it's overhyped, which does not, again, mean that it's um, it will not work. But there is definitely lots of hype right now and lots of people who have no uh, particular interest in gaming uh, and more in, you know, investment side of it, in the crypto investment side of it. And I've seen some games, some crypto games like Axie Infinity. And I know people are earning money there and they've just recently uh, set a new record of of uh, billion dollars transactions there or something like that. I'm not sure. And I'm not saying this does not work. This definitely works, but I'm I still stand on the point that this is not gaming as is. So you should not call it gaming. You should just call it, you know, like crypto um, trading using avatars or whatever. Yeah, I, I would probably echo this, Anton, I guess the NFT and, and crypto world, which is absolutely fascinating and certainly has a, some, like, will occupy a place overall in the coming years, like right now as a, in terms of like share of voice or how much sort of hype and, and attention it gets is, is quite uh Astonishing, especially when you compare it with how actually sort of uh, not so uh, easy it is to just go and like jump into Axie Infinity on your browser and the ETH side, etc. So uh, yeah, there's uh, but I think this is how how it, it works and it might deflate a little bit in terms of uh, kind of media attention while kind of maturing in terms of what's really really behind this. Um, I think on the um, more uh, kind of underhyped side of things, I guess uh, there is, uh, I think there was some, some report or something about uh, uh, like um, uh, Sony, Nintendo pushing, you know, indie uh, games uh, through um, kind of their, their stores, etc. And, and I think the, the, the more, uh, Indie PC console developers, small teams, and uh, being very creative is something that uh, overall the market is, uh, is is ready for kind of spending more and having more attention. And I think that uh, if you look at people who would only play sort of you know AAA massive franchises, I think through through COVID or through the last you know year, uh, there's probably be a bit of a 
education of like an evolution to people to, to think okay there are maybe other things that you should search for something a bit deeper for some some type or or or, or, um, uh, or genre that i really like or some type of art that is going to be very differentiated etc so i think there'll be uh, growth there uh, through through steam let's see how this this hardware play is, is gonna uh, play out maybe this is more of a, of a test for for them uh, to, to have a handheld device but uh, there's uh, there's definitely a, a long long tail of, of great uh, teams and developers across uh, well Europe and particularly in, in, in um, across the world but particularly in Europe where uh, who who are kind of quietly building very successful games and I think we'll see they'll get more publicity they should get more publicity sure yeah. Yeah, the, I'm actually doing a webinar soon on on crypto uh, with some some <laughs> developers just to, to share some some knowledge of what it actually is. So look out for that. Uh, let's go to the last two questions here. Uh, what uh, with so many of these VCs and the increased competition, do you believe there is space for all of them to coexist? Uh, and I'll ask the following question so you can answer both at the same time. Uh, how do you see M&A valuations developing the, in the following years? So VC competition and M&A valuations. Yeah, um, Andon, you want me to start? So I guess my two sure. quick uh, kind of uh, answer to this is on the VC side, like, believe me, this is not like overheat in terms of number of, of, uh, of funds out there. If you just compare this to uh how how many investors there are look only at like you know b2b SaaS and which is you could say a bigger market overall but um it's it's definitely not uh as as busy and competitive as some other uh pockets of of, uh, of the vc world and and the tech uh ecosystem overall so i think they can definitely coexist they are already kind of uh Co-investing, uh, it's good uh, for the market that they can compete occasionally. So I think uh, it's definitely a very uh, really sound and um, healthy state of, of the market. On the on the M and A, uh, obviously you know, there's no kind of crystal ball here, but uh, I, as I said before, like there is always some level of correlation where. Um, of, of on the MA side with where uh, public markets are and this you can even rec reconnect to kind of macro trends and and things that are much bigger than than just games but um i think uh MA has been uh creating value as i said for for many buyers and and uh through this buyers see that they uh should you know pay they like there is value even if, even if they pay a premium with what you know like last year etc they can give more and more credit to uh someone's you know future performance and uh and say okay like we have the trends here we see how cohorts are developing we know how much marketing we can do together etc this is what we we're gonna see through this deal in like 12 uh, 24 months and and kind of pay up for that uh and we see we see those deals uh uh, already now, so I think uh, it's yeah a lot of kind of uh, kind of healthy fundamentals here for uh, continued deal making and also uh, a clear sort of connection between uh, uh, M and A valuations and, uh, and and public valuation. Anton, your thoughts? Right, yeah. There's uh, not 
really a lot to add to what Misha has said. So yeah, I believe we're in for some wild rides on the MA side of things. Uh, that's for sure, at least for the second half of the year and definitely for the next year. And I'm also pretty bullish on the VC side. So it's not that we're reaching the point where there is no, no more talented studios and talented developers. And there are still lots and lots of um, awesome games, uh, and be it mobile or console or PC or whatever. And I also like the indie idea of Misha when it comes to you know, there's definitely a trend for like super huge live ops uh, games like uh, what Ubisoft has recently announced, right? Making a huge uh, live ops game out of um, Assassin's Creed franchise. But I believe that, you know, there is always some kind of balance. So if one side of the market uh, uh, goes to like these huge projects with uh uh, lots updates every I don't know every quarter or maybe uh, maybe more often uh, there is definitely there will definitely be a trend for more and more people just trying to make good games and not uh, making like triple a gas uh, projects they will just and I mean yeah Nintendo has just announced lots of uh, ports for lots of indie ports for switch and um yeah, I'm 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 bullish on that. I I believe that uh, there is still enough space, enough money, more than enough money, and more than enough talent for that for gaming. Yeah, yeah, I echo what you guys are thinking. I, I think there's more better VCs coming as well. So the value add that VC can bring to game studios, I, I think that's sort of like going up a notch uh, every quarter. Uh, as, as more more teams sort of like come through but yeah I, I think we're up now with the time so thanks thanks Anton and Misha this was really fun I'm going to share this recording later today on YouTube so you can watch it again and on social media you'll get and I can I please it. add one more thing Joachim before we please wrap do. this up yeah so of there course. was uh, there was another question um regarding uh just a sec I've seen that in the Q&A. So any resources you can recommend for learning more about the specific development of those kinds of games, meaning crypto and NFT. So there's this guy, uh, his name is Pierce Kicks, and I believe, and he works for Bitcraft. And this is probably, well, he's the person who knows uh, the most about crypto and NFT, at least uh, among people I've met and seen or you know heard. So yeah, I would uh, I would recommend uh, maybe writing finding me on LinkedIn and I could connect you at least try for some resources because I know he actually he has those and he specifies in that and you should probably also uh, invite him for the webinar you're doing on <laughs> crypto and yeah. NFTs. Uh, I'll ask him to join. <laughs> All right, thank cool. you. Thank thanks. you. Thanks. Hey, thanks guys. Uh, take care and uh, see you again soon. Thank thanks you so much so for having much. us and uh, thanks to all the audience uh, for the questions. Thank, Thank you, you guys. Have a great day. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 If you like our content, please do hit follow or subscribe to the show on your favorite podcasting app 
so that you'll get notified when next week's episode is available. And in the meantime, please do go and check out our weekly newsletter at EliteGameDevelopers.com newsletter. It's going to go out on Friday mornings where I share all the interest areas for myself in gaming startups. So check it out and I'll see you next week. Take care, everybody. Bye bye.